Hi and welcome to the Gamer Get podcast. This is a podcast where we get gamers on to talk about games and the latest gaming news with a focus on Japan. Welcome to episode 2. I'm your host Genki, a lover of video games living in Japan and making tweets and YouTube videos on games in Japan. Today we have a very special guest joining me for today's show. Please welcome my man from Japan, one third of the family cast crew, baseball and wrestling loving and the most electrifying man in Nintendo News Entertainment, the one and only Danny Bivens. How's it going, Danny? Hey, it's going pretty good, man. Thanks for the uh, awesome introduction there. Uh, yeah, I know. I know you like um, wrestling, so I uh, tried to uh, spice it up for you a bit. No, I, that's awesome, man. Like all, all I need to do is get my uh, wrestling boots on and knee pads, and then you know I'm ready to go. So yeah, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good, man. And um, yeah, uh, for for maybe those of out there that don't know me, my name's Danny. I uh, I'm part of a podcast website YouTube channel called The Famicast. Uh, we've been on the air for more than ten years. Um, yeah, live here in Japan. I uh, love Nintendo games, uh, Japanese gaming culture, all that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely my pleasure to be on the show today, Genki. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for joining me today and taking your time. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay, so let's get into the show. In this part of the podcast, I'd like to hear about people's gamer origins to find out how people got into video games. So I'd love to hear about how you got into video games and games from Japan. Okay. Um well, <laughs> this goes back a really, really long time ago when I was just a really, really little guy, um, like almost 35 years ago. But um, my first ever gaming experience was on the NES uh, back in the day with the uh, with Super Mario Brothers. That was the first game that I had ever played. Um, we got the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt uh, combo cart, and uh, my brothers and I played the heck out of that <laughs> way back then. Absolutely loved it. So, I mean, technically, that was my introduction, not only to gaming, but also, like, Japanese gaming uh, as well. But, like, I mean, as a little kid, you don't really realize where things are made or, you know, or or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I th- we, my family, like, my brothers and I, we, we pretty much grew up on playing Nintendo stuff uh, from NES to Super Nintendo, we had Game Boys, uh, all that type of stuff. And it must have been, like, maybe late elementary school or junior high school, I realized that, you know, Nintendo is a Japanese company. Um, you know, they're the ones responsible for all these awesome games that I've been playing and all that type of stuff. And I, I remember even as a kid, I was thinking like, man, Japan, I'd like to go there someday. And <laughs> yeah, it was a <laughs> bit of a long journey from, you know, childhood until adulthood until that happened. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> that was pretty much the start of it for me. Okay, nice. Thanks, Danny, for that. So, like, uh, how long have you been in Japan now, then? Oh, boy. Uh, I think about 14 years or so. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Yeah. So, I I, um, I came over in university as, like, an exchange program. Um, I was already basically finished with all my required credits and, like, all that stuff. It's just kind of, like, just come in here for fun, just to kind of, you know, learn the language a bit and just get to experience like what Japan had to offer and uh, ended up liking it so much that I just stayed. I mean, I found a job, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I ended up just staying. And aside from one brief stint going back to the United States where I'm from, I, I came mm-hmm. back here to Japan and yeah, I don't think I'm I'm leaving anytime soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Quite similar to me then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Japan to stay in Japan. Yeah. And uh, lots of cool video games to check out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's a cool thing. Okay, thanks for that, Danny. Um, So, let's get into the latest gaming news from the last couple of weeks. So, we'll start with story number one. 
Charles Martinez steps back from voicing Mario. And we got a tweet from Nintendo of America that read, Charles Martinez has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he'll be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It has been our honor working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank you and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date. So, Daniel, what did you think about this news? Uh, Charles Martinet is stepping back from voicing Mario. I mean, it's definitely the end of an era. I mean, say what you will about, you know, I, I've heard people talking online like, oh, what's the big deal? It's just a couple of like random one-liners and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, they're not exactly wrong, but <laughs> like, you know, if, if you think back to Mario 64 and like that era of gaming, there really wasn't too much like voice acting in games. Um, again, I'm not saying that like he was offering, uh, you know, putting up some kind of like ridiculous level performance worthy of, you know, awards and stuff like that or whatever. But, I, you know, he, he made Mario Mario with all of the sounds and all of the stuff that he did. Um, it, it really helped kind of just bring that character to life. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure that whatever they do going forward is going to be just fine. But I don't know. It's just kind of a little bit sad to, to hear that. Yeah, it's quite sad uh, news to, to hear he's stepping back because, yeah, he's been a legend for so long. And even like, yeah, yeah all, like I grew up with like Mario 64. Like, I think yeah. that was the first game I had on the Nintendo 64. And I only had nice one game, game for like a year. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> See, we, we at least had uh, Pilot Wings 64. Oh, you had Pilot like, Wings too. too. Okay, yeah. I just had yeah, we... uh, Mario 64 for like a whole was... year. <laughs> Oh, I mean, hey, it's, you know, as a kid, that's something that you can just keep going to. I mean, it was a great game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, I kept going back to it a lot too, so. Yeah, I think we got all the stars, like all 120 oh, stars. Nice. And, yeah. um, but, I, but I did borrow um, GoldenEye off my friend, so that, that helped a lot as well. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah. yeah um, I mean, my, my little brother is the one that got all of the 120 stars. I got up to about like 96 and then just. I think we got a new game, so I was like, okay, well, forget it. <laughs> that's good, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I play with my brothers too, my little brothers too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good times. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, and then his voice was legendary, like really memorable in those times, the, the wahoos and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I like, I, yeah, it was kind of sad news for me to hear like he's stepping back from doing the voices because I think he's not that old. Oh, I think he's like 60 or maybe close to 70. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think he could like still that. go on for another like uh, five or 10 years maybe. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wonder what the reasons are. But I think maybe they just want to take the Mario in a different direction. So maybe that's why they're stepping away from his voices. And yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see who the next uh, voice actor is. And they said yeah. that it will be revealed in the credits of uh, Mario Wonder. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. It's like, okay, uh, mm. Why? why why not just say who it is or yeah, yeah. something like that surely i think but like the time the game gets released you know i think the person who is voicing him or somebody they'll probably tweet something out or whatever i i think um and it, it could be chris pratt <laughs> chris pratt everybody's favorite <laughs> yeah, yeah i i didn't hate him in the Marvel. i know movie, he was but... good in the movie i thought yeah, he, was, it was he was good yeah it was absolutely yeah. good but yeah, yeah but yeah he we don't want him to be in everything <laughs> I think that's yeah, yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah. God, can you imagine the, the sign of that, the, the size of that paycheck if they paid Chris Pratt to be in every single Mario game oh my gosh. from here on out? Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, Nintendo's got money, but that would be kind of a waste of money. Yeah, that'll eat into their, but like their profits a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who they get. And I doubt there would be a famous person. Yeah, but yeah, we, when Mario Wonder comes out, I think it's on um, October 20th. Yep. Mario Wonder comes out. Um, yeah, we will, we will finally see. And uh, I'm looking forward to this um, video message, the special video message that the, from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles. Yeah. And when do you think we'll see that? Maybe at the next Nintendo Direct. I, I, you know, initially I figured maybe they'd just release it shortly after they tweeted that, but it's... <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, no. Happened, yeah, so. that, yeah. I think they're waiting for the direct, yeah, yeah. which will likely be next month, right? They usually have one before right. Tokyo Game Show in yeah, September. For the past, yeah, for the past six, seven years, they've had one in September, like clockwork. So, oh, okay. I, so, yeah, we can expect it then, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Danny, for that. And yeah. we'll move on to story number two Red Dread Redemption confirmed for Switch coming august 17th and um, this is from the famicast.com yeah maybe you're familiar with this site i'm not sure a little bit <laughs> i am a little bit but uh yeah this is from um danny bivens and uh, it says um more open world antics from rockstar are coming to the nintendo switch very soon red dead redemption and add-on undead nightmare are set to come to both playstation 4 and nintendo switch on thursday august 17th a physical version is also in the works is scheduled to release on october 13th so danny uh we got this new news that the red dead redemption games are being re-released for switch and playstation um what did you think about this news i was really really hyped because i i really enjoyed red dead redemption back in 2010 on my 360 um it was just a a fun i mean gameplay is fun the storylines were ridiculous uh and serious and stuff like that from time to time too so i was really looking forward to being able to play a game like this in handheld mode um it's you know at the time like back in 2010 uh, it just wasn't really something that was fathomable that you could play a big open world game like this on a handheld system i mean obviously the switch has kind of changed i guess our expectations of what we can play, you know, on our, on our, our, you know, in the palm of our own hands and stuff like that. So that's cool. I mean, sure. It's, it's not like a remaster or anything like that, but I mean, it does have uh, a little bit better visuals than what was found in the original version. So I think that's, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I heard it runs quite well on the switch. They said it's like comparable to the PlayStation 4 version, maybe. So yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that too. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it could run I like mean, a PS4 on your Switch. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, it, it was like a 360 and PS3 game. So I would mm-hmm. think that, you know, Double Eleven, the, the company behind the, the port here, if they weren't able to get it up to snuff, I don't know. It would be just like two big swings and whips from Rockstar on the last two releases on the on the Switch with this and uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy. But uh, oh, thankfully... Yeah. That, that that's not the case oh that's good so this is actually a good port yeah i think so oh, okay and, um, that's good to hear yeah I, I yeah i ended up buying it on um on the day that it came out and, oh nice um, yeah one kind of weird thing when this news first broke i mean yeah it obviously broke in english and you know they had the pricing it's like 50 bucks so a lot of people were kind of upset about that because mm-hmm. like i said this isn't like a remaster or anything like that it's just kind of like it's just a port but it brings the game to like 1080p which i've read before i think the the 
Xbox and PlayStation 3 versions might have only ran at like 720 uh, back in the day. This game also runs at 30 frames a second. They didn't change that. They didn't bump it up to 60. People were kind of mad about that, but I don't know. <laughs> I was just kind of happy to get it. But yeah, 50 bucks, people were kind of upset. But like when they first announced it, they just left it as 50 US dollars in the Japanese uh, Rockstar website, which I thought was oh, really, really? <laughs> weird. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. It's like American dollar dollars. sign 40. Okay. Yeah, 49.99. Like <laughs> Japanese people would have no idea yeah, yeah. how much that how much is. That is. But, yeah, but they they had, they did kind of you know obviously they had to put a price out <laughs> because they were releasing it and it was like sixty eight hundred yen, which is roughly like forty six US dollars or something, so a little bit cheaper, but not much. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a, that's quite a good price, I guess. Um, yeah. If you do the exchange rate, yeah, and it's yeah it's good that it's uh it's portable and uh, mm-hmm. also that it's available on PlayStation because I yeah. don't think. Yeah, with the play PS3 games, like yeah, the PlayStation is really bad with the um, backwards compatibility or like the preservation stuff because most sure. of the games they're not easy to port over from PlayStation right. Three. Right. I mean, some of them they did do cloud versions and stuff, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. hey, I I can understand people not wanting that to be their go-to to play, you know, old PlayStation Three games. I that would not be my go-to <laughs> to try to play any old game, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Oh, yeah, I also played Red Dead in the 360 era, nice. or 360 nice. days. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I, I bought the Undead, was it Undead Nightmare, like yeah. DLC, yeah. but I never actually played it. Oh, really? So oh, man. Maybe I can just go back just for that, because okay. I really I, mean, I really love the, the game, because I'm like a big GTA fan, and okay. yeah, the, uh, Red Dead 1 was really good. I haven't played 2, though. 2 is... I mean, I bought that at launch. I played for about 10 hours, and then for some reason I mm. stopped. I, I don't remember exactly why. I was having fun with it. It's a little bit more meticulous, yeah, I think, than, was... than one, because like there are like literally things that are on tables or desks that you're picking up individually. Oh, wow. There's a lot more like of that kind of stuff, almost like mm-hmm. Shinmu level. Yeah, I heard it's of... more grounded, <laughs> like more. they're trying to be more realistic and more serious. And yeah. It's not and as I think... like, entertaining as the first one. Yeah, I mean part of like being a video game is that you can get away with weird video game things you can have like 50 guns in your pocket yeah. even though you only see three on the character model i mean yeah it, sure realism is great but sometimes it, it can kind of hinder the gaming experience mm-hmm. yeah yeah anyway i hope they make a new one like in the future which goes back yeah. to more like uh arcadey like fun gameplay yeah style that would be cool wait another 10 years maybe <laughs> yeah it'll take a while you need to get the gta 6 first but yeah that's cool right okay thanks for that danny uh we'll move on yep. to story number three pikmin 4 sales in japan uh yeah we just got an update on the pikmin 4 sales in japan from last week and the game has now sold seven hundred and twenty-one thousand physical units in japan and it's been the number one game in japan since its release for five wow. weeks in a row uh, yep, and it's already the best-selling Pikmin game ever in Japan. So what do you <laughs> make of this uh, Pikmin 4 selling super well in Japan? And uh, it seems like the popularity of the series has really gone up in with this latest release. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really pleased that Pikmin's kind of getting its day in the sun uh, here in Japan. Um, I mean, it's something that Nintendo's always kind of pushed, but it just hasn't ever had the same kind of success that their other franchises had for whatever reason maybe it's just because it's a little bit more complicated than something like uh, animal crossing or mario kart I- i'm not sure but 
and you know obviously the the high install base of the switch with so many people owning switches not only in japan but just around the world that just makes it so it's it, there's a bigger chance of nintendo or any other company just kind of like you know being able to kind of make bank and sell a lot of copies of their games yeah that's for sure yeah definitely that big install base has really helped it and yeah and did you see like a lot of um ads for the game like in in um, out and about so like I, i'm not so one to ask about being out and about because i ride a bicycle to work oh, okay. kind of like <laughs> the countryside whatever but i do watch a lot of japanese tv and oh, even just okay. today or yesterday i saw one of the pikmin commercials on um wow. so, i mean it's still something that's being advertised even you know what a month or so after the game came out so wow that's impressive yeah i saw yeah. um few ads like when you go on the trains like you mm -hmm. see the ads on the uh, the monitors like the tvs mm -hmm. on the trains for pikmin and uh yeah i think like, the popularity has really grown a lot and like even my kids like i have two young kids and uh even they like there's like on youtube there's like pikmin songs and they start singing these uh, pikmin songs about like the red route nice. red pikmin like the red pikmin can is like uh, strong against fire and the, mm -hmm. the blue pikmin can sw swim and like there's a song and like my kids were singing mm -hmm. it and i was like oh and like once my kids know stuff that's when i know like it's like reached beyond like just your normal average person and like it's like super yeah. popular like it's kind of speaking of something like that my wife she when the original pikmin came out back in 2001 she remembers seeing commercials for that where i don't remember exactly how the song went in japanese but it's basically kind of like it sounds kind of cute but it's basically saying like yes these pikmin go on an adventure with me you, you throw them at monsters they get eaten and killed and like it and then it's just like pikmin for the gamecube and it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> i have to try look that one up <laughs> on youtube or something but yeah it's great to see like the series doing well and um i haven't got to it yet because there's just like so many games i'm still trying to play uh yeah this year is crazy um but yeah. yeah once i'm done with that i'm looking forward to getting my hands on uh pikmin 4 because i've played all of them so far and i really Ooh, like, nice. like the series but yeah this one sounds really like exciting and there's like a lot to collect and like you can like 100 percent all the levels and it's quite fun to do that so yeah mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to picking this one up uh later in the year <laughs> okay cool uh next is story number four playstation's first remote play dedicated device playstation portal remote player to launch later this year at 199.99 dollars okay, the blog post from playstation blog playstation portal remote player brings playstation 5 experience to the palm of your hand it includes the key features of the dualsense wireless controller including adaptive triggers and haptic feedback the vibrant 8 inch lcd screen is capable of 1080p resolution at 60 frames per second providing a high definition visual experience that's expected from the high quality games created by world-class developers playstation portal is the perfect device for gamers in households where they might need to share their living room tv or simply want to play ps5 games in another room of the house playstation portal will connect remotely to your ps5 over wi-fi so you'll be able to swiftly jump from playing on your ps5 to your playstation portal playstation portal can play supported games that are installed on your ps5 console and use the DualSense controller. It also includes a 3.5 millimeter audio jack for wired audio, PSVR2 games which require their headset and games that are streamed through PlayStation Plus Premium's cloud, stream cloud streaming are not supported. 
So that's all the basic uh, details we got for the PlayStation Portal, which uh, should be launching later this year for roughly two hundred dollars. Uh, what did you think of uh, what do you think of the PlayStation Portal and these new details that we got? Well, man, like when the thing was first shown off back a couple months ago, I thought it was a really cool idea, even knowing that it wasn't like a new Sony handheld, like a lot of mm-hmm. people had been wanting. Um, but I think you know, in certain use cases, something like this can be really cool. Uh, performance, how this thing performs over the Wi-Fi, you know, that's that's the real question mm-hmm. because it's it's tough to show this type of thing off at game shows and, you know, like, for example, Gamescom or TGS or something like that because yeah. at venues like that, there's so many signals and stuff like that bouncing around. It would almost be, like, impossible off like that there unless it's in some kind of private room or private somewhere mm-hmm. away from like all the interference and stuff like that but I, i'm really curious to see yeah how this thing performs under optimal settings yeah i feel you that with that one yeah i don't think the, yeah it would be impossible to show in in like a big like convention center where there's so many different yeah. like wi-fi like signals getting in the way and yeah i think uh yeah I want to see how this works um like practically and like is the latency okay and like is the lag with the controls um but personally like the use cases that they mentioned in the in the playstation blog that kind of suits uh, my situation because like i only have one tv yeah. in the house and yeah and like if i don't want to share the tv with uh, the rest of my family or i want to play somewhere else then i think this would be a good um accessory for me but i understand like it's like yeah. a super super limited uh, like uh audience or like usage case like that like it's yeah. not like it doesn't suit everyone and it's not for everyone yeah dude like I- i'm pretty much the same as you i mean this is kind of how i use my switch anyways mm-hmm. because you know my my wife gets home i get home a little bit er- earlier than her uh, if i have all the chores done and stuff like that then i'll game on the tv for a bit and then when she comes home you know later in the evening maybe i'll play a little bit more switch but i'll just play it in handheld mode just you know so she can enjoy the big tv and do whatever and i can still you know play a game or whatever and that's great um yeah i think after seeing this i was thinking oh man because last year i picked up an uh, xbox series s and uh, i don't have a playstation 5 but now I'm thinking like, man, I kind of wish I bought a PlayStation 5. Then I can maybe get this thing and see, and see how it would work out. But um, I mean, it, it is it is kind of a big ask, I think, for something that, that is just kind of like a Wi-Fi relay. Uh, I mean, yeah, it comes with the you know PlayStation controller, which I think that that's probably really great. And it probably feels nice. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think the uses cases are quite limited. And, um, yeah, like you said, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for me, I'm looking forward to it because, um, like there's situations where like, if I want to play like a scary game, like someone borrowed me Callisto Protocol (laughs) and like, I can't play that in front of my kids, like on the big TV, on the TV (laughs) in the living room. (laughs) So like, yeah, yeah, with games like that, or even like Resident Evil 4, like I don't want to play it in front of my kids. (laughs) So like, this will be kind of useful. I could play it like while my kids are watching tv and can still be able to play um the game uh in the same room without them seeing sure. <laughs> this stuff so for me like this i i see a lot of use cases will be useful for me and i do use i uh, have used remote play before i do notice mm-hmm. there's like a slight lag but it's like really small mm-hmm. it's like a couple of milliseconds lag between like the okay. tv and the remote play 
But okay. I think for games like if you're playing like uh, RPGs or like turn-based RPGs and stuff like that, it can work quite well. So like uh, sure. I'm looking forward to picking one up and then like playing through like the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters or like other like turn-based sure. games, um, which I think yeah. it would, would work with quite well. But for like action games or like shooters, I don't think it will work that great. <laughs> well, when you were when you were using the that uh before obviously not with this device like how did you use it was like on a phone or yeah on a phone yeah just on my mobile on my uh, iphone uh just set up on the iphone and i don't have the like backbone controllers so i was like using the like really crusty uh touch screen controls (laughs) and those they're really slippery like especially with the analog stick controls it's like kind of hard to um yeah we were i was playing um a knack with my son uh, in remote play uh-huh. <laughs> and then he was oh, playing what? on the tv and i was just playing on the on the uh, remote play as an extra controller okay and um yeah <laughs> it, we, it was manageable but it wasn't a great uh, gameplay experience especially with touchscreen controls so like yeah, just oh, having yeah. the dual sense controllers and i think is a big benefit and i know they um I watched some videos and they said like the analog sticks are actually a bit smaller than the regular PS5 analog sticks. Okay. I think so. They don't want to like get in the way of the screen too much with the analog sticks and to, with the size. Makes sense. Yeah, but apart from that, I think it's identical to the. It's like it's just like cutting a DualSense controller in half and gluing it okay. onto yeah. a, <laughs> um, a monitor. So, yeah, and you know, speaking of like playing the games on phones like that, like I did that with um, you know, X Cloud, Xbox Cloud gaming mm. and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, it ran okay, but yeah, not having like a backbone controller, just using the the, the screen. Yeah, yeah you, you do kind of lose the analog mm-hmm. sticks and stuff like that. So having something that, and then you know, you mentioned like performance too. Well, like this device is specifically tailored for this experience. So one would hope that it delivers the best possible experience that it, that Sony can deli- you know, Sony can with this type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, they did say that that this device is like specifically made for like this remote play and like doing this yeah. kind of game streaming. So they, I think they mentioned it, which should work better than like your other devices, like your mobile phone or on your PC, because it's like a, a device specifically designed for this and this only so and that it should work better than like other options such as like cloud streaming or you know remote play on your phone so hopefully when people get their hands on it in like a real environment and test it they can we can see how much better it is but yeah i'm looking to pick one up just because i like the idea and it's kind of useful for my situation but i understand it's not for everyone and like yeah it's, it's only if you like have the, that specific situation where, where you find it useful mm-hmm. sure like i'm i'm wondering though ginky like i mean obviously not owning a playstation i don't see as much of the discourse unless i'm like going and actively searching for it which i kind of have with this to an extent mm-hmm. and it seemed like a certain subset of people were like actually kind of confused about yeah. this because they were saying like wait i can play cloud games on this mm-hmm. right and uh, no yeah i mean it's I mean, n- n- not really. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> uh, not not like a cloud game. It's not a cloud gaming service. You actually have to own the game, and it's running on your PlayStation and then kind of beaming directly to you as opposed to running on a server somewhere and then beaming directly mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. As you said, yeah. I got a message from a friend. They were, like, confused. Like, does it? do you actually need the PS5 for this, or is it, like, a its own device? <laughs> I was like, no, it's just an sure. accessory. <laughs> 
and like yeah, yeah. It, unfortunately as you said yeah it doesn't do cloud streaming as well which which disappointed a lot of people online and most people are like online are against it because it's like it doesn't fit it doesn't, it doesn't have any use for them because it like it doesn't have sure. the cloud streaming and it's remote play only and it doesn't have a bluetooth for like normal wireless um headsets or earphones ah. like you have to buy these um special playstation branded new no. headphones <laughs> if you want wireless right. Um, right. headphones or earphones yeah so that's kind of annoying as well and yeah it doesn't stream um you can't stream games or you can't like watch um like netflix on your ps5 sure. on your so it's, there's kind of a, a few strange like things they did there like that make it a bit less useful that seems kind of well i mean they probably have the reasons but i mean if it's running on your ps5 mm -hmm. why would they even care if you're using something like netflix yeah. or whatever i mean yeah it doesn't make sense to me i uh, like oh um, i guess youtube too i get in that i guess you can't use that but well i have to see but that kind of suck if you okay. can't just stream like directly from your playstation 5 it's only games you can stream that would kind of suck yeah um, but it seems it's going to yeah. be like that and uh, yeah, we still haven't got any confirmation on the battery life but i think we had one report saying it should they're aiming for like the same as the dualsense controller and the dualsense okay. controller battery is like really bad <laughs> maybe it lasts okay. like um, for me it lasts like three or four hours <laughs> I don't know or maybe wow. five it depends on what game you're playing if you're playing a game with like loads of like vibration and the uh, triggers sure. then it can waste the battery quite fast um but it's not sure. great i kind of noticed that but i think it's okay for a handheld but still not great i don't know and then yeah battery life i remember my playstation 4 controller only getting like i don't know maybe six mm -hmm. which is okay yeah. the PlayStation but... one six four one was okay yeah yeah but the yeah, ps5 is much worse <laughs> with battery yeah yeah I, you like you constantly have to be charging it like after every session oh boy <laughs> yeah but that yeah that's the new playstation portal uh, hopefully they reveal some more details and that's some good info that comes well, i'm looking forward to hearing your impressions about a game. oh yeah yeah um, i think a lot of people out there are too i'm gonna be a day yeah. one and we, then we, I'll, I'll try to like yeah. put my impressions out there for people okay i mean we, we all trust you to a certain extent. <laughs> i mean i don't know <laughs> we can't trust you as far as we can throw you but you know whatever oh, yeah thanks <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to the device though just uh we'll see how it goes yeah, thanks mm -hmm. for that Danny. next we'll move on to story number five Baldur's Gate 3 will be coming to Xbox this year with split screen removed for the Series S. And this is from Video Games Chronicle VGC, Chris Scullion. And it says, Baldur's Gate 3 will be coming to Xbox this year despite fears by developer Larian that it would have to be pushed back to 2024. Larian co-founder and CEO Svev Vike posted on Twitter that a solution has been found that would allow the game to be released on Xbox Series X and S this year. The tweet read, Super happy to confirm that after meeting with Phil Spencer yesterday, we found a solution that allows us to bring Baldur's Gate 3 to Xbox players this year still. Some, something we've been working towards for quite some time. Big K tweeted. Oh, Vink tweeted. Vink? Vink. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, Vink. Okay, <laughs> Vink. Thank you. Vink tweeted. All improvements will be there with split screen co-op on Series X. Series S will not feature split screen co-op, but will also include cross-save progression between steam and xbox series so danny uh, we got this news that Baldur's gate 3 will be coming to xbox this year 
and originally it was mm-hmm. um had they had some troubles releasing on xbox um the game already released for pc mm-hmm. and is coming to playstation 5 uh, i think next or september 6th um but there was no xbox okay. version confirmed and this was because the developers okay. had an issue with getting split screen working on the series s specifically which mm-hmm. they said on mm-hmm. in some tweets and uh, due to xbox's uh, they have like a parity rule like the gameplay modes in on the X have to be also be on the S, otherwise you, you can't release mm-hmm. the game. Um, but apparently, mm-hmm. at um, I think it was at Gamescon, uh, Phil Spencer met with um, the guys from Larian, and they worked out a deal where they could uh, scrap that rule or like make an exception in this case to bring the game to the Xbox platform, and hopefully it'll come out this year. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah. I like the idea of the Series S. I mean, it's it's one of the whole reasons I, I bought into the, the Xbox ecosystem this time around because it's an affordable way to play, uh, you know, new games. Sure, you're not getting the same uh, bells and whistles that you're getting with the X, but you're getting it. You're getting you're still getting the games just for a lot cheaper on, on the machine. Uh, it just seemed like a matter of time before more and more stuff like this would happen. I mean, there's been rumblings from developers over the past year two years or whatever where they complain about mm-hmm. you know the power on the on the xbox series s and i think that's that's i, I don't see, see a problem with that i mean they're just kind of just stating you know issues that they're having and you know some of them can get it figured out maybe some of them can't um i mean there there is a power disparity between these two machines so mm-hmm. I, I, it kind of is, is what it is i i don't blame them for just kind of calling it a day and say, yeah, we're just not going to do it on the Series S. Sorry, guys, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's extra difficult just because of, um, the, yeah, it's a lot less powerful and I think they had, like, mem- memory issues. Um, like, okay. with split screen, I think you have to render the image, like, two times um, to get the Oof. image on uh, working. So I think they were just struggling mm-hmm. to get that working on the Series S. And um, apparently, like, I think the issue is not like they can't do it. I think they can do it. But, like, the amount of effort and, like, development time and resources it would take mm-hmm. to make it work, it's not worth it for them. Because um, well, sure. it would just take so much of their resources up just to get it working. Where they could be putting those resources yeah. into, like, to the main game or, like, other areas. So I think that's right. the main issue. It's, like, it's not like it... I, it's not impossible, but it's just really tough to do to get that. Sure. I mean, if they're, if, if they're, you know, getting hounded by publishers about like, you guys need to get this out by this and this date. I mean, you know, that's another mm-hmm. thing too. <laughs> they have to think about the realities of what they can or can't do within certain time frames. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know you have a series S cause uh, I think you got one and then um, later on I got one. <laughs> Like I think it yeah, was uh, yeah. uh, it went on sale for a bit, then I picked one up. Yeah, you like lucky. quite soon after. Yeah, you're lucky, man. It's still like it was pretty. Yeah, cheap. yeah. I, I, it was before it went, the price yeah, increase. Before the price went up in Japan. Yeah, but yeah, how are you enjoying the series S so far? I mean, it's cool. I wish I had more time to play it. I mm-hmm. usually play a lot of things on Switch, but you know, when I can, I. I it, it is nice to be able to play like essentially modern games because i mean you yeah. go from playing something on the switch not to say that you know it's a bad system or anything like that but playing something that's just more high fidelity it's just something i have i haven't done for a while so it was just yeah. kind of yeah it was kind of nice to be able to do that because i think you know i have i have a ps4 but like basically when the switch came out i kind of just started playing more switch and you know doing stuff for 
podcasts, doing stuff for Famicast website, YouTube, and stuff like that. Sometimes I just kind of get so focused on playing stuff on Switch that I kind of just don't play stuff on other systems. Uh, but yeah, it is kind of nice to be able to have that option. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, you're, but you're definitely the guy to go for the Switch, uh, Switch news and uh, Switch info, <laughs> especially when it comes to Japan. Not everything. Yeah, that's cool. Sure, but you you specialize you. in that. But yeah, um, yeah, I think like um, yeah, in terms of um, yeah, getting access to like most uh, next gen games, then the Series S is good for that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's why I yeah. got it as well, and um, it has yeah a few good games like Forza, like uh, Hi Fi Rush, and like the backwards compatibility is really mm. awesome on it as well. If you want to like pick up some older games, yeah, and they run really well on, and sure. you can do that on the Series S as well. And yeah, the price point is the main, yeah. you know, the main attractive thing, because I think it would cost like, uh, like yeah, two yeah. or three hundred dollars more to get the X, and yeah, it's a bit pricey. Yeah, and then like, I, I mean, I did want to get the X last year, right before I even got the S, but it's it was just so hard to find yeah. out here. And I, I live in uh, Saitama Prefecture, which is next to Tokyo, but I mean, I'm definitely not in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> every time I see you know pictures on twitter of like oh all these people are getting xbox series S- x's in japan <laughs> where, where? <laughs> find them all out. how <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, they're, they're yeah. just gone <laughs> and uh, with this news i was like a bit um disappointed because um cause i was kind of just thinking about the future and like kind of worried like will this happen in with more games like will other games come with like features that you can't play on the s like uh if it's just split screen i'm not bothered because like my kids are still like really pre like uh, at preschool and um like sure. so i'm not going to be playing any split screen games on xbox <laughs> with them yeah with on nintendo right. we play a lot of split screen but i kind of there's no sure. like xbox games that i w- want to play split screen but so i don't really mind right. but if it comes to like other features in the future then that's where i kind of work get worried uh, for example, like if they ever release Final Fantasy 16 on the series um, mm-hmm. on the Xbox, like I I kind of mm. I'm not sure how it would run on the S because like even like the PlayStation 5 is like <laughs> overheating, especially like they have these really epic uh, oh, boss battles in Final Fantasy 16, and like people's uh, PS5s mm. are like like on fire <laughs> during those boss boss fights, and like they even cl- <laughs> close down like yeah, some man. some some people's PS5s like shut off. During wow. the boss fights because they're like wow they're so intense <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah so i don't know how that would run in like the series no. s to be honest like unless they do some like crazy yeah. like developer magic or like um or optimization some yeah crazy yeah optimization and like yeah. but yeah if like for example like theoretically they would release final fantasy 16 on the series s but like the boss battles are like dialed way down or like they're just cutscenes instead of like um like actual uh real-time um sequences like yeah that's when i would be worried mm-hmm. but i think that's for now just split screen missing out i don't mind but yeah could you see sure. like more features being skipped or you're not so worried i mean i i, I think this is a, a a cause for people to be a little bit worried if you're because i mean it does set a precedent that parody isn't a thing that's has to be abided Mm -hmm. by you know for uh, xbox games i mean again like you said it's just for a variety of different reasons but yeah it is it's interesting it will be interesting to see what that means like you said does this mean 
gimping game certain games because it, it just things just can't run com- changing things completely pulling things out mm. i don't know i mean i say that the possibilities is pretty high that it's going to happen again what will that be i have no yeah. idea <laughs> but yeah that's true it's quite yeah it's kind of ha- hard to tell what will happen but yeah hopefully it's not too true. too intense <laughs> the differences but yeah it's a bit worrying because like yeah. as the generation goes on and on like the they're trying developers are like trying to like do more and more and like the games are getting more and more complex and advanced so it might have some repercussions but we'll have to wait and see Uh, but for now it's just split screen it's not too bad okay so now we'll move on to story number six will final fantasy 7 remake and final fantasy 16 ever hit xbox Phil Spencer response. Phil Spencer was in an interview with IGN with I think Destin Liguri, and um, he was asked about mm-hmm. the Final Fantasy games such as Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy XVI coming to Xbox. And uh, this was Phil Spencer's response. I recognize that when people buy an Xbox, they want to make sure the great games that they want to play are coming, Spencer said. If there's any publisher out there where that hasn't been true, Square's one of the top. Sarah Bond and I fly to Tokyo and have conversations. We spend a lot of time with Square. Obviously, business deals and relationships that will have to get worked through on certain games. But I'll say it was really great to have the CEO of Square and Yoshi P there just to talk about their commitment to Xbox because I can say like I'm the head of Xbox blah 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 but having the CEO of one of the third parties make a commitment to the platform I thought was a really meaningful step. So you'll hear more. I'm not going to push them. They're going to have to find their own rhythm, but having them make a commitment to Xbox was really important, both to me, and I've heard it from the community, to the community as well. And 14 was more of a commitment. So that's what was Phil Spencer's response to uh, getting more games from Square Enix and uh, the Final Fantasy games onto Xbox. Um, What did you think about those remarks about the Final Fantasy and more Square Enix games coming to Xbox. I mean, I think you know, not only myself, but a lot of fans out there that maybe just own one console or something like that, they they want to play Final Fantasy games. Uh, you know, the newest ones on their on their console of choice. I mean, like I said, I'm primarily a Switch guy, so that would just basically make it only potentially cloud versions. But uh, you know, for for Xbox, I mean, yeah, the the, the hardware is a little bit different, but I mean, it's not like the system's too weak to be able to, like, you know, push the tech or anything like that. So I, I think, you know, a lot of people out there that do want to see, uh, you know, Final Fantasy games on the Xbox. Then again, it's some people are like, well, you know, Final Fantasy's always been on PlayStation. I'm thinking, like, well, what in the world were they doing during the Super <laughs> oh, yeah. Nintendo and Genesis oh, yeah. era then? <laughs> but uh, I mean, no, I, I understand what they mean when they say that, but I don't know. I. I... It would definitely be nice just to be able to play whatever game you want when it comes to like companies like this on whatever hardware you like. But you know, I get it. You know, sometimes they sign mm-hmm. exclusivity deals or whatever. That's so just the way it is sometimes. Yeah, I think yeah, that's just the way it is. And yeah, I think it would be nice if they could bring those games over to Xbox. Um, I think they were just like waiting mm-hmm. for like uh, Phil to like uh, help them, maybe like give them some like game pass deals or something like that um just to to get those games over to there um 
I heard like in the 360 era, like Xbox were really like forward in like getting Japanese games onto their platform. And um, I heard like from Peter Moore, who was like the CEO of Xbox back then, like he would be making like really paying loads and loads of like money just to get games on their platform. Not even like um, exclusivity deals, like just for day and date. Um, like the same as other platforms, he would be paying like millions and millions of dollars yeah. to these um, publishers just to get games on the platform. And I think they stopped doing that during Xbox One. That's why we got so like little, like maybe like Japanese games, especially on um, Xbox One and like in the beginning of the Xbox series. But I think like um, Xbox have improved a lot, like in the last year and or like last two years. Like they've got they got deals for like sure. the persona games and um like doing deals with capcom and sega uh yeah and bandai mm. bandai namco so yeah, i think they're really improving with that and uh yeah i think yeah square enix was the big like the like the the big like uh the nail that stuck out out of all the other japanese publishers with the xbox yeah. and um i think people are running this narrative like like square enix hates xbox or something like that and uh, like I try to like tell people that that's not the case. I think it's just business. Like I think yeah. Like the thing is, yeah. they just got a really strong relationship with Sony. I think that's the main issue. Um, yeah. More so, so much more than like sure. the other Japanese publishers. I think Square Enix really relies on like PlayStation mm-hmm. and the PlayStation deals for their business. So I think it was just like a super strong uh, business relationship. Uh, it's not like square enix hates xbox or anything it's just like they're just really close to playstation uh, that was more the issue and sure. uh, yeah i think yeah there, i don't think there was any issues with the relationship but as like phil spencer's been saying like yeah he goes to the tokyo game show they were like him and sarah bond were here last year and they're as he said in the interview they're yeah. always talking to uh, square uh, square enix at the time so i don't think there was like a big issue with their like some kind of beef or something like that i think it was just business relationships and like a lot of the times the smaller games they don't hit xbox because um maybe they just don't have the development resources to like uh, optimize for all mm. the different platforms or maybe it's like not their focus and like to because xbox is yeah. more niche in japan um so that's why they don't release oh, yeah. but uh, or like sony pays for those exclusive exclusivity with like Forspoken or Final Fantasy Remake or Final Fantasy 16 but then apart from that I don't think um, mm-hmm. like I, I think it's just the business decisions that they don't release they didn't release that many games uh, or as many games as they could have on Xbox mm. they still released some like the Deerfield and Star Ocean but yeah there was a few that did skip and I think it's mainly the smaller ones I don't think they would skip with like the more bigger ones it's more like they skipped the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters or um, like Live Alive. Or I think it's like these more small niche games that are more easy to skip because they don't have the same development resources or budgets uh, to port. But I think now they've sure. made the commitment. So I think they're, they're going to try and bring those games over. So I think we could see like at TGS, they could have a few uh, Square Enix announcements for like Xbox or Game Pass. Yeah, that, that'll be super interesting. And, you know, Ginky, you, you brought up an interesting point, too, about, you know, Peter Moore and just Xbox during the 360 era and, you know, what they tried to do to mm-hmm. court so many Japanese publishers and try to get yeah, so many they games. Had so many. They did get a lot of exclusives and, 
yeah, day and date stuff too with big games and like all of that. But you know, yeah, that's when Final Fantasy Thirteen finally was day and date on Xbox yeah. as well. Man, I I was living in America at the time when that came out. I remember just like the hype was real. It was it was great and. You know, just seeing a Final Fantasy launch on, you know, 360 alongside like a PlayStation version of it was definitely surreal. But it was it was really kind of just cool to see. Like, it didn't matter which platform you had, you could play the game. That was awesome. Um, but, you know, like you said, kind of looking at it from like a business perspective, I mean, was it worth it for Microsoft to pay to, to get exclusive deals or get like not even exclusive deals just to make this type of stuff happen? It's like they, they obviously reevaluated yeah. <laughs> you know what what that was worth or wasn't worth to them and they they've just kind of redone it and now they're obviously rethinking it again um yeah and you know you brought up live alive and and, uh, pixel remasters and stuff like that too and while i I do think that you know the the vocal minority that's on social media might really want these games and that's awesome they want to play this game on xbox or something like that when it comes down to you know business and are these games going to make money on this platform Mm -hmm. that's what these companies have to think about and that's just kind of like the unfortunate truth yeah that's yeah that is the unfortunate truth yeah i think um yeah just xbox have to continue like encouraging and growing that fan base and that user base on their platform so yeah i think they've started to do that with persona and stuff but yeah they they just need to continue doing that until like they know longer need to do that and like that fan base is just there just like it is on um the other platforms like switch and playstation so yeah i think if they can encourage that more and more then like hopefully it will make business sense as well more and more and uh, it will just naturally come over to all the platforms and uh, it would make good business sense but yeah i think that's just the reality of uh the business of the game industry like like porting yeah. games even like yeah it's like a business decision and they're like for bigger publishers unless they're selling like hundreds of thousands they don't really want to bother just so they can sell like not so many copies so so that's the main issue like right. so they need some <laughs> right. either need some help or yeah just uh, they need to grow that market a bit more that yeah it's uh, looking uh, hopeful and i think at tgs we'll see some really cool announcements and like hopefully they should announce their tgs they do like xbox do a tgs live stream every year and i think this year will be probably one of the best ones i'm hoping and yeah we could even see some like exclusive deals as well like back in the 360 days which would be great and i hope sure yeah i hope to see that (laughs) fingers crossed man that'd be cool uh yeah so that's all the news stories for this week thanks for that and yeah we're just gonna talk about a few things that happened over the summer in the last few weeks First, I want to talk about the Live Alive concert that I w- went to. So yeah, there was a 29th anniversary Live Alive concert to celebrate the 29th anniversary of the game. And yeah, that was a really cool concert. And um, yeah, I did a write-up for on the for it on the Famicast. So if you go over to the Famicast website, you can uh, check it out and uh, hear my impressions and uh, more detailed. And yeah, it was a really fun event to go to and like the music was really cool and uh yeah i really hope they do another concert again and yeah i hope uh, the game uh, gets a sequel yeah. as well that will be that would be cool dude because when it, I, I you know obviously i i i was really thrilled that ginky was you know willing to do a write-up and put it up on you know the famicast website and that was awesome and I remember just kind of just going through the article myself and just like him just saying 
hey, a sequel to Live Live would be awesome. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Just to, you know, see where else they might take the story or, you know, something like that. I, I had such a great time with that. And, dude, I was so on the fence about going to that concert. I ended up not being able to go. I had to do, like, some family stuff over the summer holidays here. Um, but, yeah, it sounded wicked, man. Like, I, I really hope they do at least another concert for the 30th anniversary or 31st or however they want to do it, yeah, yeah, you know? True. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, hope, I hope they do do one uh, for the 30th or next time. Um, then, yeah, definitely uh, we, tr- sure. we should try to go to that one as well. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's, quite, it's, it's really niche, and it has, like, a really strange, like, hardcore fan base. Like, they're really into it. Like, even, like, the game didn't sell that well in Japan <laughs> yeah. ever. And even this time, it did, didn't sell right. that particularly great. But, like, there are some really hardcore fans <laughs> of the game there. Uh, but, yeah, it's mm-hmm. cool. It was really cool mm-hmm. to be among them. And, uh, and then, yeah, the li- music in Live Alive, oh, my God, it's, it's really good. It's, uh, yeah, Yoko, Yoko Shimomura is a super good uh, composer. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's from, like, Street Fighter to um, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy XV and a bunch of other oh, Mario, Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. So that's the next game she, uh, uh-huh, she's uh-huh. working on. She's doing the remixes for that as well. So mm-hmm. that should be really cool. Oh, man. Looking f- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking, looking forward, forward to, to Super Mario RPG. That, like, yeah, they remade it. So that's, that's super awesome. Yeah, and then with Yoko Shimomura's back. So that, that, that should be a really cool yeah. game on the Switch. And um, yeah, also I, during the summer, since last time, I was at the Pokemon World Championships. Um, I also did a report. Uh, for the Famicast, you can read about it on uh, Famicast.com. And I also made a, a, like a video tour on my YouTube channel at Genki Gamer on YouTube. You can check that out there as well. But yeah, it was a really cool event. Um, the first time it came to Japan. And yeah, there was like loads of, <laughs> loads of international people and um, loads of Japanese people and everyone just celebrating Pokemon. And yeah, it was really nice to see and be at the event. And yeah, I don't play Pokemon Go or Unite. I've tried it out, um, but yeah, no, I didn't stick with it that long. I do play the mainline Pokemon games, uh, which are fun, but I never play competitively. Though. <laughs> I don't play to battle or like do all the oh, EV God. and IV training and all that. I don't do that. <laughs> if hey man, more power to people. If, if that's how they enjoy playing the game, hey, good for you. Uh, I mean, I just played through oh, yeah. Arceus. Arceus really I thought good. that was fantastic. And uh that that's like yeah, that's like my Pokemon fix for God knows how many for however many years yeah, from yeah. <laughs> from now. But yeah, I mean that there's there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on in the Pokemon world and I'm glad that they have events like this, even coming mm-hmm. here to Japan just to give people yeah, some yeah. fun. Yeah, it was a really cool event and uh, yeah, they had loads of cool things like they had that ship and they had uh, some different yeah, mm-hmm. loads of different events going on at the same time. So yeah, I think it was a really good opportunity for Pokemon yeah. fans, and yeah, hopefully they do it again. Uh, but yeah, I'm not into the battling and the competitive side. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's, yeah, yeah. that just sounds super stressful. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like <laughs> online gaming, like competitive online gaming. Yeah, me, yeah, usually me too, man. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, I did do the sports games as well. Oh, okay. Like uh, I used to play uh, Pro Evolution Soccer online. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh god, online, that's the only one I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was quite fun. Like, just uh, you could build your own team and like c- compete against others. That was fun. But in terms of like shooters and stuff, I don't oh, do that. Yeah. Stuff. Maybe a few races in Mario Kart or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I don't but know. yeah, I don't I, play online so much. I mean, I don't want to like get myself scrub quartered or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know. Like, just usually playing competitively is just not fun anymore for me. I mean, I don't have mm. as much time as I used to to try to get good at games. So like, yeah, yeah. I'd rather just kind of enjoy it or just do single player experiences yeah, yeah. Uh, rather same. than playing some randos on the internet. Yeah, same, <laughs> same sentiments here. So that's all for the news this week. So next we'll go into what we've been playing recently. Yeah, so recently I've been playing Advance Wars uh, 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. And yeah, it's really fun. Like, um, it's, it's a remake of the Advance Wars 1 and 2 from the Nintendo DS. And uh, it's been remade for Nintendo Switch. And it came out earlier this year. I'm not, I think it came out in like February or something. April? I'm not sure. April. Okay, April. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's a really good um, remake of the old games. And I noticed like on the start screen, it... It was delayed for like a year, right? Because oh, right. uh, of like the war and stuff ah, in uh, right, Russia right. and stuff like that. And like, a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of the characters are like kind of Russian looking. <laughs> so that's Ooh. probably why <laughs> they delayed it. Like, there's a guy called Olaf, I think, or something like, like a commander. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool game. Like, um, I like it because it's like really simple. It's like a strategy game, but but it's just really simple. Like, there's like set amount of units that you can choose, and it doesn't get too complex, but it's still really fun and enjoyable you just have to like uh, use your units to conquer these cities and catch the cities and the cities earn you money and um, then you have to defeat the uh, opposition by defeating their units like tanks and uh, they have like soldiers and aircrafts and rockets and uh, or you can just try to catch their base which like you go over to their base and try to catch it yeah but it's like a really simple game um, but it's like really addictive for me and uh, like I can, I always can just fly by playing that game for me. Sure, sure. And I used to play the game on the oh, on the GBA. Oh, mm-hmm. this from the GBA. Sorry. Uh, on and I used to play that on train rides when I was in school. Nice. And like like my hour train ride would just like disappear in like ten seconds or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So like I used to have like a Game Boy Advance SP mm-hmm. and like. That was like the perfect for playing uh, on the train. Advance was kind of a nostalgic game for me because it brings me back to those days. Um, but yeah, the game's really fun and um, it has a lot of cool modes. Um, and yeah, it's, I know it's like on the start screen, like it's still version 1.00. Oh, really? <laughs> like the game hasn't been updated at all. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's good that they released the game without any bugs and stuff, but it also shows yeah. that like they didn't really... <laughs> like tried to do anything with it afterwards they just kind of just threw it out there <laughs> and just yeah. let it be which is kind of a shame like and it didn't even get released in japan so that exactly. was another annoying thing yeah it's just perpetually on the maybe you know to be determined list or something like that if even yeah. that i'm trying to remember but yeah yeah i had to import it from the uk like my parents live in the uk so they okay, just nice. i just they sent me one <laughs> nice, nice but nice. yeah yeah it came a bit later but it was worth the wait uh, sure. I prefer physical. I'm a physical media guy. What about you? Are you do like physical I, I, or a bit I, both? I do prefer physical, but sometimes if I'm feeling impatient, I'll buy digitally. Uh, mm. Sometimes I'll buy yeah. both, uh, mm. <laughs> depending on the game. Like I did that with Live Alive. I did that oh, nice. with Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some games them. you just want to play. Like it's just so much more convenient to have them digitally, right? Like yeah. you don't have to change. You just boot it up like straight off the unit um but yeah i prefer physical just because like i i'm a collector i think i still have that and yeah i used to like resell the games like Mm. when i had less money because like i just complete them then resell them quickly and then like yeah i could get my money back 
that kind of dude. stuff but even if I, even if i didn't have very much money like i think the first time like when i first mm-hmm. started working here in japan i didn't have a lot of money i did have a yeah. lot of games that i could have sold for <laughs> a decent amount of money but i was like no today it's gonna be spaghetti with no sauce and uh, salt and pepper that is not a delicious dinner i'll tell you that <laughs> really frugal frugal yeah, times I, I, I eventually did get you know my first paycheck and was able to eat normal people food so <laughs> But yeah, in terms of that, physical media is really good. So that's why I like waited out for the physical version. Okay. Um, yeah, it has some like resale value. And I like to collect the physical stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, and I know physical is going to die sometime. So yeah, I'll just kind of collect it while I can. <laughs> while I can. It Hopefully could, it doesn't die. Yeah, it could still be some kind of niche thing that just goes on for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, you know, like vinyl and stuff like that coming back. And Yeah, oh, uh, yeah that's true. Here in Japan, you can still buy CDs and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan's definitely one of the good places holding out for the physical media Yeah, in the world. So, yeah, I appreciate that about Japan a lot. Me too, me too. Yeah, and shops like Book Off where you can get some games for cheap. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they're all, you know, Japan always, like, keeps things in, like, pristine condition. That's, like, amazing. Like, oh. even though it's, like, used or secondhand, yeah. but it's basically as good as new. Right. Like it's it's unbelievable to me sometimes where if you go on something like Yahoo Auctions here in Japan or other resale sites and stuff like that, you'll read the description. It says like, yeah, this thing is used. There's a scuff here. And they show you like this really tiny area of like a box or something that has like a scuff that you yeah. don't even see when there's yeah. it in. And you get it and you're like, this is absolutely fine. Like whereas yeah. in America where I'm from, you buy something on eBay, it says, Yeah, used uh good condition. You get the disc and it looks like somebody just rubbed sandpaper all over it. Uh, <laughs> you can't even read the label. The, the case is just some deep random DVD case. I mean <laughs> Oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Big difference. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, big difference. Yeah. That's another good thing about living in Japan. Yeah. Things are usually kept in good condition, even though yeah. they're supposed to be used. Um, yeah. Apart from Advance Wars, yeah, which I'm really enjoying. I uh, completed the first game and mm. um, I want 100% it before I move on to the, the second one. But it's oh, all on the one disc or the one cart. So um, yeah. you get two games in one. So it's really good value. And yeah, I definitely recommend it, Advance Wars, for any um, players if you like strategy games. Uh, like it's made by Intelligent Systems, the same people that made um, Fire Emblem. Um, but this remake is done by Way Forward, who I think are the people who did um, Shantae. So yeah, it's a really good remake, and uh, I'm sad it hasn't been released in Japan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it doesn't look like it will get a sequel, but uh, there's always hoping. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least we got a remake. Uh, I think this will do me for the next like five years. So yeah. Uh, if they don't make a sequel, I'll be sad. But uh, at least we got this one. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, apart from that, I've just been playing um, more Final Fantasy 16. Still doing the um, second playthrough Ooh. in the Final Fantasy mode. It's a bit mm-hmm. more. The you, you get to keep all your weapons and stuff and um, levels, uh, but the enemies are a bit more challenging. So yeah, I'm taking my time doing that one, and uh, I also like when I've um, I like in my downtime I like to play theater rhythm. I like all the Final Fantasy. Um, I got the platinum on the PlayStation, and um, I also put like t- over like 20 hours in on the Switch. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, it's a really cool game, and I really enjoy it. And uh, it's just like a chill game, like just listening to the Final Fantasy music and just chilling out. Um, it's more like a chill game for me. 
that I just put on and like they I got the DLC stuff so like every few weeks or months they release some new few new tracks from different games like um yeah that's cool like they had some Nero Mata music recently um and Bravely Default yes so an Octopath so yeah that that's really cool they yeah. do that so yeah that's all I've been playing recently um yeah how about you Danny uh you told me uh, you've been um playing certain Rockstar games <laughs> yes yes I have uh before just to touch a little bit on um uh, Final Bar Line like I I have that game too mm-hmm. and I, I did kind of play it a little bit over the summer just to kind of come back to it because I think within like in like the basically leading up to Zelda you know Tears of the Kingdom back in May I put in something like 50 60 hours or something on the Switch version oh, wow. just from just kind of grinding through not even grind that maybe that's not even the right word just kind of oh, yeah. picking but away yeah. at it like, yeah you, you know. do level up your characters and oh yeah <laughs> like, I think everybody well like I got everybody at least up to 99 and then oh, cool. maybe you know maybe some guys beyond that and stuff yeah um, a few star levels but I, you know it, it just it was just a matter of like playing the game for 15 20 30 minutes every day <laughs> and then you know that starts adding up over time but yeah, yeah i really same. like the, me- the mechanics in the game and it's it is great just to be able to chill out i mean yeah it can get hectic depending on the uh difficulty level that you choose, <laughs> oh yeah but, oh that's cool yeah. i'm glad you enjoyed that as well yeah i know you played the older ones as well right yeah uh, on the yeah. 3ds yeah and the the original one i had picked up when it first came out here in japan uh it, it came out months before it came out in the West. And um, at the time, mm. I was working for a website called Nintendo World Report. And um, I think I have a review that I did back in like oh, really? 2012. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to check uh, that out. <laughs> yeah, for that, like before they, you know, it was released uh, in English and stuff like that. But um, no, I, yeah, I, I thought the series is cool. I did even pick up the uh, theater rhythm Dragon Quest that came out here. Oh, uh, nice. I think I got it for cheap too. It's just on a bargain bin type of thing for like a thousand yen, like you know, less than ten bucks or something like that. So, um, I mean, I'm not as familiar with Dragon Quest, so it didn't really do it as much for me. But it's cool that 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 actually exists, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I hope they do more like um, more games, and uh, I'm also hoping they bring some Final Fantasy 16 tracks to theater. <laughs> that's my hey. yeah, because the music's really good in um, 16. Mm-hmm. so yeah i hope they bring some of those tracks to it yeah that'd be cool yeah, yeah. it's really yeah it's a really fun game yeah i recommend it yeah it's cool cool you got like uh yeah you into that as well yeah, it's a really good game oh do you prefer the touch screen controls on like the 3ds or the buttons or is, does it matter so i like before i played the game and learned that the switch version you know ps4 all that type of stuff would be buttons i originally was thinking like oh man i don't know if i'm gonna like this but then after playing it on the switch for you know x amount of hours i did go back to the 3ds version just to see because it had been so long and i i think i actually prefer what's on what's on the switch i mean yeah you do have a little bit more control over what you can do on the 3ds version just because you're 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 literally touching the screen and like doing stuff that way but i don't know it just felt like it was a little bit easier <laughs> to play with physical controls okay yeah nice yeah i agree yeah physical controls for me i prefer yeah and um i was playing on the oled and it looks super nice the oled oh, yeah. screen on the switch oh, yeah. oled is really nice yep. um but like my hands would like uh, get a bit cramped up after a while so uh, like yeah. um i do prefer playing on the playstation and sure. uh, also like i'm a bit of a i can i can be a bit of a like a trophy whore 
<laughs> so sure. that's the big problem with me like it gets in the way of like just trying to enjoy the games like hunting yeah. over these like stupid meaningless trophies but yeah it gets me no it's a, it, back in the 360 days and stuff like that yeah yeah i would oh, yeah. Be achievement see, hunting. yeah yeah you see something you're like that sounds kind of fun to do or i can do that and just go for it yeah that's true do you th- yeah i don't think the switch will ever adapt any kind of achievement system no, i don't think it, that's their audience so no. yeah i really doubt they would t- to try to um, add that even with like the switch 2 or anything yeah, yeah they, maybe they'll have like like some stamps or something <laughs> well it's like they seem like they do that on like a per game basis anyway mm-hmm. like some games have something like that other games don't it's just yeah, yeah i don't yeah. think nintendo wants to just do something just because everybody else is doing it i mean yeah you could say that with like online nintendo kind of went kicking and screaming into online with ironically after they kind of pioneered it with you know things like 64 dd uh, mm. uh to you know to obviously not a very high degree of success but um yeah nintendo likes to just kind of do their own thing sometimes and i don't think they really care about achievements <laughs> yeah that's the sense i get too thanks Danny. uh yeah if you, you can talk continue um with the games you've been playing recently sure sure so yeah other than just briefly playing through final bar line yeah i like i mentioned earlier in the show i, I have been playing a lot more of uh, Red Dead Redemption on the Switch, and uh, a little bit of Undead Nightmare. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're into you know open world games, GTA style open world games, I mean, this is obviously <laughs> going to be right up your alley. If you played the game on the you know 360 or PS3 back in the day, and are just looking for a way to play it again, I think this Switch version is actually pretty solid. Um, <laughs> I think a lot more people were hoping that there would be some kind of big problem or some kind of controversy with this release other than the $50 price tag or something. But like, honestly, aside from the game being a little bit dark uh, from time mm-hmm. to time, like it's like literally hard to see, uh, oh, yeah. like, which is kind of annoying. Um, other than that, like it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, the game looks fine. It, it runs smoothly. Uh, you know, story's still good. <laughs> Gameplay is still pretty good. Um, yeah, I've been having a really, really awesome time with it. Just kind of, you know, playing it in the evenings or something for a couple of hours, just going through story, uh, story missions and stuff like that. Um, then just time just kind of gets away from me. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I liked the game when I played it in the 360 days and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe I'll check out the undead nightmare stuff. Is that quite long? Like, or like, is it like, cause it's was... like an add on. Thing. I was double checking on like how long to beat.com and it said like average is like six hours for that only. Oh, really? Six um, hours? Oh, okay. That's for like, I think just mainline mm. stuff. I mean, there is a lot of yeah. extra stuff, side missions and stuff like that. Same with, you know, that's the regular game too. I mean, yeah, you can blow through the game. Uh, you know, it's still going to take you a good chunk of time, but there's so much random stuff that happens in the game. Um, outside of the main missions too, they have this thing called Stranger Quests. Uh, they're, essentially like voiced kind of story driven things that have no effect on the overarching story. It's just kind of like a little contained story that might have like a couple of different missions that you'll find these people uh, in the world or something like that. It's like, Hey, go find this person. Or like my son's missing. Where did he go? (laughs) You know, or can you help me pick some flowers for my wife or something weird like that? (laughs) Or I I ran into this old lady. She's like, Bill, is that you? It's like, no, not me. (laughs) Can you go get Bill? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, 
yeah, weird rock star stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, if if you're into rock star stuff, uh, my name's yeah. John Marston. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh man, Marston. I like that character a lot too. He's he's funny. Yeah, he's he's cool oh my gosh, it's yeah, it's it's a cool game. It's a really cool game if you're into like westerns and action stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. I need to yeah, I might check that one out as well later on. Yeah, so many good games. Yeah, yeah. I I just yeah, a little late to the party for myself, but I did just finish up a review uh, that I put up on our YouTube channel and also a written version on our uh, website, thefamilycats.com. So I mean if you want to check out more of my thoughts or something like that, or actually just like literally see how the game runs on the switch. Like, yeah, just check that out. Nice. Yeah. Definitely go check that out on the, the family And yeah, I saw you posted like a video review recently. Yeah. So I'll check that out as well. Yeah. If you have later. Time, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Thanks Danny. That. Yeah. Um, next we'll go to the questions and we have one question this week and that's from on Twitter from Eric at retromatic154 and they ask what do you hope to see at tgs whether it's already announced or unannounced persona 6 would be my hope but definitely not expecting it lol <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so yeah just a quick announcement um i will be joining danny and the guys at the family cast in going to tgs this year and yeah that's will be next month from September 21st to September 24th. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be um, yeah teaming up with the guys at the Famicast and yeah, hopefully I can find lots of coverage on the Famicast.com and uh, yeah, on our YouTubes as well. Hopefully um, we can find some games to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, they ask, what do you hope to see at uh, TGS that is either already announced or not yet announced? Is there anything... You're looking forward to yeah usually is right around the time of year when i start gathering information about okay what am i going to try to play i haven't finished <laughs> oh, that up yet uh, yeah. but yeah you know, a lot of places haven't announced like what they're showing yet sure as well i mean some things that we can we could expect i mean obviously you know gamescom just happened so a lot of the demos that were at gamescom a lot of those do find their way mm -hmm to tokyo game show so i think a lot of things oh yeah that you saw or read or heard about from gamescom those will be things that we'll be able to play probably uh, on the show floor which is cool for us not eh, you know maybe kind of lame or boring for some of you out there if you've already read coverage of x y and z but you know if it's something you're interested in it's always kind of interesting to hear more coverage because you know they can tweak demos they can tweak different things so it's it's just hard telling like what's going to happen with that stuff yeah for sure yeah i saw at gamescom like uh, atlas had a big um booth there with like the persona games oh, i think they okay, had yeah. um maybe they had persona 3 reload and they uh -huh. had the tactica game persona okay. 5 tactica so i guess we could expect those sure. um for me <laughs> yeah the main game i'm looking forward to as everyone you might know is uh, final fantasy 7 rebirth so that's the one i hope like it's supposed to come out early 2024 so i would imagine like march would be like the earliest i imagine it would come out so i'm hopefully it come out in march but whether it would be playable at tgs that's like a bit more up in the air but i hope so because um it is coming out quite soon so hopefully they do a big blowout at uh, tgs because otherwise i don't see what square enix's main game would be usually they have like a big game like if it was like last year they had forspoken and crisis core 
yeah. and before they had um, I think Final Fantasy 7 remake mm-hmm. um, the first one so I'm hoping for rebirth personally that would be yeah. there yeah because good point because I mean yeah other than yeah uh, there's the the Dragon Quest spin-off thing coming out later this oh, year. Oh yeah, Monsters. Yeah, Dragon Quest but, Monsters. Yeah, but that's not like it's not a big yeah, No, not, not big really like like, like a, not even big like Crisis Core, um, which is I think obviously it's a hell of a lot smaller than, you know, Final Fantasy, you know, Re- you know Seven Rebirth or you know anything like that. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's being a Japanese company, sometimes these companies do save like these big announcements for stuff for TGS. And uh, um, Square Enix is a company yes. that does this quite often. Capcom does stuff too. Yes, because we didn't get many big announcements at Gamescom. I think, yeah, as you said, they're probably saving those announcements. I think we got a date for re- like Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, and um, right. we got like a new Tekken. We got the Tekken Eight release date. Yeah. But apart from that, there wasn't that many other like Japan centric announcements at Gamescom. Um, so I think. Like most of these Japanese publishers, they're saving them for TGS, I would yeah, imagine. Absolutely agree. So yeah, I think we'll in like the next couple of weeks, we'll get a few big announcements from these um, Japanese publishers on like hopefully games like uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Right. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about um, Persona Six as the um, yeah? Do you think that would that would show up or no? Uh, man, I mean, I think. Uh, <laughs> Personally, I think there's like not a chance in hell. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think Eric, <laughs> at the end of his tweet, just uh, it would be his hope, but he's definitely not expecting it. Law, I think, just law would be this kind of my whole yeah. <laughs> response yeah. to, to that. A big law. Like, yeah. they, they got enough like Persona stuff kind of cooking right now, where I think that mm-hmm. would just kind of overshadow anything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, that's true. For the next like six to twelve months. So yeah, and I think the next big like uh, main release is that fantasio game what's it called i'm not not sure what the name is but like they have a new game called i think fantasio or something like that um but it's made by the same director as um, persona 5 so that's like the next big game so i think they'll be more promoting that game and then persona 6 hopefully it's a different team but hopefully we'll have news about persona 6 next year yeah i'm not expecting it to like eric says here uh, right. But yeah, hopefully we'll like maybe next year they'll get some announcements about Persona Six, and right. this year I think they'll just show the the um, other game that they're working on, sure. the other big one, apart from the Persona Three and the Tactica game. Um, apart from that, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what else is going to be shown at TGS because a lot of places haven't announced it yet. Okay. Um, so I think once they all announce it, um, yeah, I can make a list i think i'll make a like a video with like all the games i'm looking forward to mm-hmm. at tgs later on so yeah look look out for that um yeah. later on so thanks eric for your question oh yeah oh and um yeah i actually have one more question uh for danny oh, uh, just personally <laughs> no it's nothing big like i forgot to ask it before in the news section um but yeah my question is uh do you think the playstation portal the new remote play device how popular do you think that will be in japan considering japan likes quote-unquote portable devices Mm, i think that's a bit of a tricky one i mean as you've reported on for a long time you and jody both like do people really own ps5s in japan (laughs) i mean Mm -hmm. you know being kind of like facetious facetious there but um I think th- there will be an interest because use cases like Yankees are, are normal. Whereas like, you know, a house in America or maybe other parts of Europe or Australia, whatever, uh, people might have, you know, just bigger living spaces, bigger rooms, more televisions and stuff like that. Um, Japan, depending on where you live, sometimes it, you, you, your house or apartment is small. Uh, you don't 
don't have big sound systems because your neighbors will come over and politely oh, yeah. tell you to stop. Uh, I mean, so that's, that's yeah, crazy. Nice. Um, it's like, yeah, having something like this, I think is appealing to people, but I, mm, I, I don't know if Sony's going to find a lot of success with this, honestly. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit confusing for normal people. If you're listening to this podcast, if you, you watch videos or read gaming news, yeah, you get it. Like you're an informed consumer, but for people that aren't, or even some people that are, you still see this thing. And like we said earlier, mm-hmm. people have questions. What, what the hell is this? Can you do cloud gaming on it? Why can't I watch YouTube on this stupid thing? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to catch on fire here or anywhere, honestly, as cool as I think this thing is like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think that's most people's sentiment, and yeah, I think in Japan it will struggle a lot because mm-hmm. it's um it's not like um it's not its own um, dedicated console. It's mm-hmm. like more of an accessory, right? Yeah, and um, that means people initially have to have the PS5, and yeah, the PS5. There are a lot, a few people that have it, but it's still not as um, big as like the switch or anything like that so and also the price point in japan is like quite crazy because of like because the yen is like super weak right now um it's just like really bad and for like exchange rates and with new hardware as well this thing is costing like uh sama or like thirty thousand yen so like that's basically the same price as the switch yeah and i I think that's that's crazy too and i mean yeah i mean sony is a japanese company kind of I mean, no, like literally they are, but you know, they, they, they base their, I don't know, projections and stuff like that on not Japanese yen. Uh, You you can kind of just even see this with the price hikes of systems and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah, The PlayStation division is very uh, US centric. I mean, yeah, 30,000 yen. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, it's 200 bucks in the US and what was it? 179 euros or was it pounds? I don't remember, but God, I mean. 30,000 yen. I mean, yeah, stuff is kind of like going up in price here, but I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't think it's as comparable to maybe what's been going on in the West. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good comparison item, but I don't know if beer or (laughs) Coca-Cola or whatever would be the same thing. Like, I don't know. You can get like a, you know, a a 500 uh, milliliter Coca-Cola for like 150 yen. Uh, Okay, maybe that's a bad example, but (laughs) I mean... I don't know. It's yeah. I think the price is a definite issue. Yeah, yeah. With the inflation, it's not as bad as the West, as you said, but it's still starting to hit Japan. So yeah, yeah I think people are going to be less willing to spend on like uh, luxury items. So and this one is more like a luxury, like uh, like you don't really need it. Yes, yeah, kind of item. luxury item. Yeah, super luxury <laughs> luxurious item. Luxurious luxury item. I mean, the PlayStation yeah, the luxury Five is luxurious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, luxury on top of a luxury, basically, yeah, yeah. is what this is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it will take off, like, in the mainstream uh, in Japan, even though it's, like, a you know, portable device. Um, but, yeah, uh, that that would be a shame. I think, yeah, I think... Um, I think once, like, I think in the future when, like, the, like, um, console games and handheld games are more, like, equal, mm-hmm. uh, like, in terms of Sony first-party games and at, at a reasonable price, because you can play them now, like, on the Steam Deck, but right. it just costs a lot of money and, um, yeah, it's not, it's not so straightforward. But yeah. I think in the future once, like, I think the Switch reached a level where the games it was making on the consoles and the games it was making on the handheld were kind of, like, the same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, PlayStation has to get to that point where the game it makes on the console and the game it could make on the handheld are kind of at the same level until then i can't really see them launching a dedicated handheld device that would uh, sell well in japan 
yeah yeah it's, it's hard to see but yeah uh, thanks for uh, your opinions on that it's quite interesting i think a lot of people ask me like oh this is gonna do well in japan because it's a handheld yeah. but yeah it's not that simple <laughs> yeah it, it, it is it is but it isn't <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for that so that's the end of this week's show thanks danny um so thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the gamer get podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you have any feedback or suggestions please let me know and leave a comment or any questions you may have for the next show. Uh, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash GenkiGamer. And if you ask questions on there, you'll get them answered on the show. So thank you so much, Danny, for being on the show today. Please let people know where they can find you. Sure. So um, like we've mentioned a couple of different times throughout the episode, uh, my name's Danny. Um, I work for... Well, work a hobby of mine is uh the famicast it's a podcast which i'm uh one third of we do that bi-weekly you can find us on youtube and all your podcast podcatchers and stuff like that again the famicast we're also on youtube you can find us there youtube.com slash the famicast uh, check out the famicast.com for some news uh straight out of japan i try to update as often as i possibly can again this is like you know a hobby for me it's not like a full-time job or anything like that but you know tweeting about or, not, or uh, writing about japanese games uh sometimes writing about sports stuff because i like sports games too but yeah a lot with the main focus on uh, japanese stuff so be sure to check that out uh, if you want to follow me personally on social media whether that be twitter or x or whatever you want to call it or blue sky or whatever like that uh, my username is Danny Biv, D-A-N-N-Y-B-I-V. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, definitely go check out the guys at thefamilycast.com. Uh, yeah, they're super awesome. And yeah, you guys have been going on for quite a while, like over 10 years. Yeah, too long sometimes, there? I think. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, good. That's uh, dedication. <laughs> so yeah, you can check out their YouTube channel and, uh, or their Twitter and uh yeah, loads of good news about mainly Japan-centric um, Nintendo news for, like, the Switch and stuff. Yeah, they have, like, loads of good videos. And, yeah, you guys do, like, a bi-weekly podcast called The Famicast uh, that you can check out there on the, the YouTube as well. And, yeah, they're yeah, really cool, cool guys. And, uh, yeah, I hope to get the other guys on the show in the future as well cool. um, as a guest. And, yeah, thanks so much, Danny, uh, for joining me today and uh, taking your time. Yeah. My pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah, it was really fun to yeah. chat to you about uh, games and stuff. Yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, look forward to seeing you in person uh, around TGS time. Oh, yeah, man, it's going to be a yeah, blast. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, next month. Yeah. yeah, that should be fun. Can I meet up and go hang out a bit and, and uh, play some cool video games? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, thanks <laughs> so much. Crossed. Yeah, thanks, Danny. <laughs> okay, so thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you.